Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1090. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Pebble Beach Concours d'Elegance that takes place on Sunday, August 26th. You can learn more at pebblebeachconcours.net. Be honest to yourself first before you start on something. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in all the way from India, His Highness Rana Manvendra Singh. Manvendra, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right, great to have you here. His Highness Rana Manvendra Singh belongs to the erstwhile royal family of Barwani in Madhya Pradesh, India. Keenly interested in automobiles from a very early age, he successfully melded his passionate hobby with work starting India's first vintage and classic car restoration workshop back in 1978. Today, he is well-known and respected authority on vintage and classic cars in India. As such, he's been featured on numerous television programs and has written for many publications. He co-authored the book Automobiles of the Maharaja and Sharada Dwivedi, if I said that right, I hope so, a founding member of the Vintage and Classic Car Club of India, Manvendra Singh serves as curator for the Cartier Travel with Style Concord Elegance and has judged at many other car events, including Pebble Beach, for the past six years. He's a member of the Society of Automotive Historians, and he represents India on the FIA International Historical Commission. He's also a judge at the Peninsula Best of the Best Awards. So, Manvendra, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Well, I'd, I'd start by saying that I'm fortunate to be born in the 1950s, just after the Raj ended in India, mm-hmm. and had the pleasure of meeting all the Maharajas who actually bought these cars and how they bought it, ordered them, used them. So I had firsthand information. And uh, being a passionate car lover and being belonging to a royal family, advantage as well as disadvantages, I was fortunate that I got to see India just about the time when everything was just disappearing from the country. Well, you know, what I've learned a little bit about India is that a lot of these cars for many, many years, if not decades, were never allowed to leave India. They had to stay in the country. So a lot of people never got to see them. And the cars themselves, when you think back in the day when they were originally ordered, were absolutely spectacular and very different in many, many ways. Before I ask you a couple of the questions here, could you maybe talk a little bit about that, of how these vehicles were so different? I know one of the things was the colors. Yes. Actually, when you look at India and its, in its culture and its religion, its weather and its heritage, there are some definite uh, different uh, aspects to the, because it being such an old uh, culture in its own way, there's definitely a distinctive religious uh, overtones, whether it's a, it's a horse-drawn carriage in or, or an automobile. There's, a, of course, weather plays a lot of uh, things because India being hot and in some places, uh, humid. Uh, car designing changes according to that. 
then of course are the traditions of the uh, of the people in different areas of india so many different languages so many different cultures lastly but not the least is the, the maharaja's uh, own uh, you know eccentricities uh, i would say that to be one man show to up the other maharaja they would order something which nobody else had so india that way was a very different uh, place you had cars designed for religious purposes you had car designed for various long distance traveling you had cars designed for women which are the parva cars which nowhere nowhere else in the world it is uh, prevalent and then you had these sports cars or these uh, grand touring cars that uh, the maharajas showed uh, their uh, wealth in wow wow so you well, had what... so have five distinctive uh, aspects of uh, automotive culture and heritage in india as far as the maharajas are concerned well it's absolutely fascinating and we're going to learn a little bit more about some of the fantastic cars that will be on the lawn at pebble beach but first as we continue on this very interesting journey that is your life around cars, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has importance to you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah? So, Mandendra, take the wheel. Well, I would say my journey through the beginning has been, of course, like I said, I was fortunate to be born in a royal family, so I got to see these wonderful cars just before they disappeared. And the other aspect is that I think my parents instilled in me the honesty that I had to be honest to whatever I was doing. So that would I would, I would say is my mantra that be honest to yourself first before you start on something. <laughs> yes, absolutely important, and especially if you're dealing with restoring people's prized cars, and that's something that makes you very unique. Uh, are there a lot of restoration shops in India, or was yours one of the the first ones to to happen there? Well, mine was one of the very first ones to start off with because in those days, uh, the import of parts was not allowed in India in the early 70s. Oh. And it is only now, in the last 10 years, that they have a professional restoration shop and the quality of restoration has gone up so much that they can compete at Pebble Beach, which is a very surprising and uh, a big achievement for the country in itself. But we have a lot of youngsters as compared to what you have in America the older generation, people from the Second World War, who are interested in these cars. And now the younger generation is not that keen in the earlier cars. But in India, we have youngsters who are very, very keen in restoring these old cars and finding the correct way of doing that. How on earth, in the early days of starting your business, did you restore cars when you could not import parts? Did you simply have to make them? Yes, that's the most surprising and the most brilliant part of this country is that we have such traditional craftsmen that they can recreate anything. So you have something from an old chariot to a car in the 1930s or 40s. A person is going to make a wooden pattern exactly to the same uh, replicate. If you have a part, otherwise you design it and give it to him. And he makes a wooden pattern and there's a casting shop in the same traditional way that they used to do it. Then you have the lathe machines, which are still from the 1920s and 30s, still available in India. So you have the same kind of finish, what originally the manufacturers brought it out as. That is absolutely incredible. Wow. Well, it adds a, adds a whole nother level of complexity, but I'm very happy to hear that some of the young people in India right now are very interested in restoring these cars. That's fantastic. The traditions will continue and move on. Well, let's go back in time and talk a little bit about a story that instigated your personal passion for automobiles. Is there a pivotal moment when you think back to your childhood that you knew that you were going to be a car guy? Well, there are one or two incidents which I would say that threw me into this uh, vintage car thing. Of course, 
seeing all the new cars that my father had. My father was very fond of Cadillacs, so we had quite a few Cadillacs in our family. Uh, being influenced by American car design, I always found them, uh, you know, much more, uh, I would say, nostalgic now that I collect American cars. But uh, in those days, they were very flamboyant. They were very pretty to look at, very, very distinctive in their styling as compared to the whole lot of Rolls Royces that you used to see in those days. The bit I would say is that I was uh, fortunate to be born in, uh, and to meet these uh, original Maharajas from the earlier part of the 20th century. And they would tell me stories which were fascinating and absolutely flabbergasting at times, how they went about driving their cars and how they went about living with their cars. That fascinated me a lot. Plus the fact when I started my shop, a lot of people thought that here's a, he's a guy from a good background, a rich family, starting a workshop. And people thought it was very downright down under that I was starting an automobile workshop and they would complain to my father, look at your son. He's starting a car workshop and he can be running a big business and, you know, looking after your estate yeah. and all that. Yeah. And my father said, let him do what he wants to do. It was fortunate for me. And, uh, you know, that got me to fight back against all these prejudice that I was facing at that point of life. Wow. So I really got into it. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting and story. I, yeah. And then I, and to top it all, I studied in America. I went off to America uh, in 1973. I was there till 1976, 77. I passed out of Northwood University with an automotive business management degree. And at that time, I had the fortune of working at a few workshops in America uh, under a few of the guys who were uh, there with me in the school. And that opened my eyes and, you know, created a huge amount of interest and how a, a man could start working with his own hands and, and create these beautiful uh, pieces of machinery. Wow. What an interesting story. Very cool. Well, it's a great segue into my next question, and that has to do with challenges and failures that you faced along the way. Now, you talked about in, in your society and your family of going into a business where maybe some people would go, why on earth would you do that? That You're, you're much exactly, above that. Exactly. But I'm sure I'm sure if you faced some challenges along the way, could you share one of those and kind of walk us through how it how it taught you some very valuable lessons? Well, yeah, the basic first uh, principle that I started doing my when I came back from America, I had a job in Iran. Fortunately, I didn't go there, but uh, with the Fiat company, Fiat was opening a huge plant there and had a job. But I came back to India to meet my family before I joined the job, and I did my elder brother, my late elder brother. I had 1100 Fiat, and he said, you come back from America, can you do something on this car so it looks, uh, you know, something different, customize it or something. <laughs> so I went about that, and I customized that car, and that car became such a showpiece that there's no going back for me at all. I, immediately, as soon as the car hit the streets, I had orders and people begging me to do their cars, and I ended up starting taking a small loan from my mother and starting a small workshop on my own. Oh, my gosh. So, that is, that's an awesome so that's story. It started <laughs> all, yeah. it's, it's an American uh, customizing uh, which started me into this line, hot rodding and all, and ultimately going into uh, vintage and classic cars and seeing the history how India had evolved. Menvendra, you're a hot rodder. That is pretty cool. Yes. I, love, I love that. <laughs> I love that. What are some of the ways that you, uh, that you customize that car for your, for your brother? Well, in those days, it was really difficult to get parts, but, you know, custom painting is what I learned in America with, you know, custom striping and all those things and, and, and opposed to interiors and 
wheel offsets and carburation and exhaust manifolds and stuff like that. So whatever I could build with, in, with, with, with whatever we had in those days, I did small modifications in the car. The car sounded different. It sat, sat different. So and it had chrome wheels. So it was something outrageous for India, absolutely outrageous for India. Wow. What a fun story. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. I love that. Indian hot rider in, in, uh, who goes to America, learns his craft and goes back and, uh, changes culture in a, in a little interesting way. So that is a neat story. How about a career aha moment? Is there a time in your business, your career where you really had kind of the headlights come on and kind of steer you down a new direction? It sounds like that one you just shared was a great aha moment. Yeah, well, I would say that, you know, the AHA, I was doing a lot of customizing and I was uh, helping the, not only that, helping the Indian automotive industry transition from their own old styling to the present styling. And that's what the, the moment was when I realized that there was a great amount of, uh, you know, uh, there were no car designers in India at that time when I started. And when I started doing these small modifications, not only ordinary car, car owners, but the car companies themselves came to me. But that's an aha moment for me because when I had a manufacturer of major of Indian or Indian car come and ask me, can you help us design our car, make them more, look more modern? Because we had cars which were designed from the 1950s, still running in the 1960s and 70s. So they wanted to upgrade their cars and I helped them do that. And that was a great leap for me when I got recognized by the Indian manufacturers. As a person, I wouldn't say I'm a designer, but as a person who helped them transition when they didn't have a prototyping shop, when they didn't have a designing house, and they gave the work to me, and I bought it, and then this, oh, oh, we need to have design houses of our own to make cars look better. Wow. What an incredible story. (laughs) I've got a huge smile on my face right now because I just love this story. This is absolutely fantastic. Oh, it's awesome. Well, let's have a bit of fun and talk about your, your first really special car, the the first car that you got that really had great meaning for you, and maybe share a special memory you have about that vehicle. Well, uh, my father, looking at what I was doing, gifted me on my 18th birthday a Fiat 1100. And, uh, of course, the day that car landed up and I was given the keys, I just couldn't have it in the normal look. So it started a tradition with me, which my friends say, as soon as you get a new car, you don't take it out on the street. You take it into your workshop and you open it all up (laughs) and you make it look different and then you bring it out. Why can't you drive a new car as it is? So that's one of the funny (laughs) things that is happening till now. I just can't have a brand new car. And it's become a joke with all my friends and my family that as soon as a brand new car comes, oh, you guys are going to make a mess of it. That's what they say. (laughs) Well, that means you're a true blue car guy because... Yeah, all car guys are like that. As soon as they get their car, they've got to change the wheels. They've got to customize it in some way or all sorts of different things. And the Fiat 1100, that's a, a pretty kind of plain Jane, simple little car in itself, right? Yes, absolutely. It is a, it's a very ordinary looking uh, 1100 four-door sedan, I'd say. Yeah, very small cool car. story. You're going to have to uh, email me a picture of how you modified that car. If you have some old pictures, I would love to see those and share those with my followers. That's very, very cool. Well, all of us car guys have a seller's remorse story, a car we let go that we wish we'd kept in the garage. Is there one of those in your life? Yes, definitely. Uh, When I got married, uh, one of my in-laws, very dear friend, of course, Her Highness uh, Begum of Rampur, 
had a very distinguished Bentley which uh, she had owned with her husband and ordered it in 1934-35. Wow. And it was a disappearing top Gernina thing, three and a half liter car, which I got and I, I restored it much later when I had children. I had to sell it off because, of, of course, I couldn't afford to keep it. And that's one of the cars I really regret setting because I drove that car quite a lot. And it, it was one of the very first cars designed by McNeil, the young car designer from Gurney Nutting, which had a disappearing top. And it was a beautiful looking car. It's still there in India. And I wish I can buy it back. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a story. Well, I would love for you to share with our listeners here uh, some of the uh, a story about the cars that you're you've helped that you're going to be bringing to the lawn at Pebble Beach because this year is a very special year. There's a whole special class, the cars of the Maharaja. So, could you talk a little bit about the cars that are coming over here and some of the things that uh, our listeners will see if they're fortunate enough to be on the lawn at Pebble Beach? Yes, uh, what well, about nine cars are coming in, in from India? Out of them. I tried to get the mix of the best that I could because we didn't want to represent all Rolls Royces and all limousines and like that. We wanted to give a flavor of what actually India was. So we have a racing car from that day. We have a grand touring car from those days. And then we have uh, quite a few Rolls Royces, French bodied Bentley. Then we have the, the fun part about the whole thing is there are a few cars which are coming in, which are still owned by the original family. So the grandfather ordered the car in 1930s, and his grandson is bringing the car to Pebble Beach. And that is one of the most fascinating things in India, that you have these old families. I have discovered cars in garages locked up, where I've got to the family, I've spoken to them that this is something of your, you know, value to your family and value to the nation. Restore it. And finally, I've got the opportunity of showcasing these, these wonderful cars in the Katia Concourse over the past 10 years. And it's been a long journey for me to find these cars, discover them, convince the family, which is the biggest problem of all, if at all, and to restore them and to bring them out. And, and they have one-off cars from the 1920s and 30s. Wow. You don't see them in Europe. You don't see them anywhere. So you got the Maharaj of Jodhpur coming there at Pebble Beach and bringing his mother's Parda um, car, which is a completely chrome-plated aluminum uh, Rolls-Royce. Wow. Uh, with, uh, you know, two different systems of glass and ventilation. So, I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a treat for people to understand, not only see, see the car, but understand for what purpose it was made for. That is what I've tried to represent at the Raj's, Raj's class this year. Well, this is a very, very uh, spectacular class. And I would imagine for many of these cars, they've never been out of India. Is that correct? Yes. All of them which are coming to America at this point of time have never been out of India. But there are three cars which are there, which are, which we have collected from America. One is, of course, from the Robert Lee, a great Mr. Robert Lee. I had the pleasure of knowing him. Mm-hmm. And helping him restore his uh, V16 Pininfarina bodied Cadillac. So that car is going to be on the Pebble Lawn again. Wow. And uh, there is a Rolls-Royce uh, Shikar car of the Maharaj of Kota, which has been in America which was wrongly restored earlier, and thanks to my book and my um, my research, has been re-restored to its original glory. And uh, there's one more car that is coming there. But we have some very fine cars which are going to be there on the lawns, like La Lavanda from uh, uh, from 1934, Fiat Corsa 501S, which was a racing car from the early eras. 
and then we have two Lanchesters from Maharaja's, different Maharaja's uh, garages, and wow. a stuck type M. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is going to be, fa- I cannot wait. This is going to be absolutely spectacular. And for those of you listeners who are fortunate enough to attend the Pebble Beach Concours, this is a treat that is going to be absolutely amazing for us. Uh, if you're on the fence about going this year, you've got to be there because uh, this display alone, along with the other magnificent cars, is it going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see these cars all together. Absolutely spectacular. We are so fortunate, Mandendra, to have you put this together and bring this from your country. I can't thank you enough. This is going to be absolutely... My pleasure and my honor. My very pleasure, cool. My honor. Very cool. Well, here's a very introspective question for you. If Mandendra was manifested into a car, into a vehicle, what would you be and why? Well, I, first of all, a very difficult question to answer because, you know, <laughs> yes. looking at cars and working on so many cars in my life and seeing cars all over the world and, and fortunate enough to judge at these events with such, uh, I would say, I'm very uh, honored to be a part of the judging team of these fantastic uh, conquerors around the world and to meet all these fantastic designers and, and creators of these automobiles. Uh, it is very difficult, but uh, I would say... I would, uh, because of nostalgic uh, reasons and my family's collection of American cars, I would be an American car, I guess, a Mustang 1967 from the movie Bullet, because Steve McQueen influenced me a lot, and I have a replica (laughs) of that car now. Oh, my gosh. Well, you completely baffled me with that one. I had, if somebody had said, what is he going to say when you ask him that question, I would have never, ever guessed that. but. The fact that you have a replica of that car is pretty darn cool. I mean, the king of cool, of course, Steve McQueen, uh, and for what he's known with cars. But wow, what? Now, that is an interesting answer to that question. Very, very cool. Now, when you drive your car around India, does that raise some eyebrows? Yeah, it does. It does. I've, uh, I've been, I've been, I mean, I try to keep it as, as, uh, as, as, you know quiet as possibly can, but sometimes when I do take these cars out, it always is a... I do not enter any vintage and classic car rally because I am on board of these places. I don't want to be, you know, say, oh, his own car is entering a rally. So yeah. that's one of the reasons I'm from a very humble background. I like to keep my cars to myself most of the time, but I enjoy my cars. Very. I good. have the American icons, which, uh, which have influenced me in many ways, so... Nice, From nice. From to a 1957 Chev to uh, so I'm, I'm an American car guy, I would say. Absolutely. No doubt be due to your father's uh, influence with those Cadillacs back in the day. So very nice woman, Vendra. Up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. 
and they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Mavendra, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Research and re-research. Oh, yes. You put your foot forward. Oh, yeah, especially when you're restoring a vehicle. Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? Well, I like to to sort of open something and take my time when mm. I'm opening the thing up and I'm seeing that and I, I made it a habit and I tell the people who are working for me, take it easy when you're just about to enter into a work when you're starting a job. Just take it easy. Don't go into a into a tear it apart and then realize that you lost something which is gone forever. Absolutely. Great advice. Now, how about a resource? There are so many wonderful resources these days. Is there one in particular you'd like to share with the Karsia audience? Well, well, well. for Indian researchers, there's a very good site, which is come Team BHP, which, uh, which a lot of youngsters are putting uh, uh, photographs and all, and, and they're taking it out of their parents' archives or, you know, from different magazines and cars. So it is bringing together the history of automobiles in India, which is a wonderful thing. And I find a lot of... Uh, uh, research that has got lost resurface in these sites. Wow. Could you spell that for me, please? It is Team T-E-A-M-B-H-P. Interesting. So I've not heard of that. If you're researching an Indian car, if you're researching Indian car, you go to Team BHP and you go to the Vintage and Classic Cars section there and you have a huge amount of information there. I've wow. seen a lot of uh, international uh, restorers find material there. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Now, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Dan Gurney. Ah, yes, absolutely. What is it about Dan that you love so much? Well, I, as a a young guy of 12, 13 years old, I wrote a letter to Dan Gurney because he used to write a column in a a magazine called Auto Mechanics in in America. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wrote back. 
I nice. asked him a simple question that you're in Grand Prix and you're designing and running your own cars and all those things. Why were you not ever in rallies? And then many, many years later, I had the pleasure of meeting him. Mm. And I asked him this question. I was so surprised when he said, yes, I do recall some guy from somewhere writing to me <laughs> why I was not in rallying. I wish I did it. And then we started a long conversation and it was one of the, you know, it was really a wonderful thing to meet your hero yes. and to talk to him and be, that he recalled such a thing. So that was a wonderful, uh, so that's one of the guys I was always left a image in my mind. I always thought him to be my hero. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted so badly to have him be a guest on the show here. Just was never able to yeah, work that out. And of course, we lost him. But uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to meet him a couple times and talk with him for a while as well. Wonderful man. Just a brilliant mind. How about a book? Now, I know you're the author of a book, but is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I, you know, uh, fortunately, unfortunately, it's like trumpeting your own bugle, but that's the book that's, that started uh, the research in India, frankly speaking. In, in all respect, now people look at cars in a different way after they read my book. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, this is how it was, and this is the reference. So it's become a reference guide, in fact, the automobiles of the Maharajas. Yeah. And uh, I would say that's the, as far as Indian books go, that was the first book. So when you write a first book, you're looked upon as a guru, which I'm not. I never will be, I guess. <laughs> I'm still researching my next book. So, Yes, fantastic. I recommend. Very nice. Well, it's okay to blow your own horn here on Cars, yeah. And I'll make sure I put a link to that on Manvendra's website, or on the Cars, yeah website, I should say, on his show notes page. You can find all these great resources that he has shared with us on the Cars, yeah website. Just type in Manvendra, M-A-N-V-E-N-D-R-A, Singh, S-I-N-G-H, and his page will pop right up and you can get your hands on a copy of his book. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any pool collector car in the world. Doesn't matter who owns it or where it is, I'm going to make sure that it's parked in your garage. But there are a few rules to this little game. One is you can only have this one collector car. You have to get rid of everything else you have. But money is no object. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. I want you to keep it, and I'd like you to drive it. So for today, what can I buy you and why? Well, I had the fortune of restoring and driving and keeping a car for six months, which was originally designed and made for designer the Maharaja Yashwantra Holkar, who's Duesenberg is in America now. And a few of his other cars are there. It's a four and a quarter liter Gunny Nutting Bentley. That's one car that's left a mark, not just because it's beautiful to look at. It's timeless in design, and it's a great handling car. You can still drive it today and feel as uh, one with the traffic with the newer cars. It's a fantastic automobile, and that's the car that if I ever had the sources of resources to buy or keep forever, I would rather have the Maharaja Maharaja Holkers Gurney Nutting. Yeah, I think so. What a magnificent car. Well, Manvendra, you have taken me on a wonderful ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I'm looking forward to meeting you on the lawn at Pebble Beach. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Carjow listeners. Is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer us before you drive off into the sunset in that beautiful Bentley? Yes, I would say a lot of people are now looking at the net and looking at the web, how it's made impacted all over the world, how things have changed in the last few years, thanks to the net. 
But I would advise that the best part of any advice is word of mouth publicity is the best, best publicity even today. So if you do a good job and somebody says, oh, that guy's done the, the best job, his publicity is still better than any other publicity. That yes. still works for me. Absolutely, absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Well, I am now into an age where I would think of retirement soon. So <laughs> I don't think I will I will keep, but I would love to do things like, you know, I'd love to recreate some of the cars, lost cars of India. So mm-hmm. I would be interested in making some cars which we lost and they've disappeared altogether. So you know, That would be I'm, fantastic. I'm, I'm looking for that kind of a... I'm, work uh, now. Does your shop have a website? No, unfortunately, my shop does not have a website. I keep a very low profile and I I only undertake work now that interests me because, you know, I'm always being a man who's researching and and, and doing. If somebody brings me another Rolls Royce, I'm not interested to restore it. Unless it's a lost car and, and, and historical. So I'm like a guy in archaeological researcher trying to find lost things. Nice, nice. Well, I'll remind our listeners that I will put links to the Pebble Beach Concours on Manvendra's show notes page on the Car Show website. And again, if you're fortunate enough to be on the lawn of Pebble Beach, say hello to Manvendra. He'll be a judge. Don't bother him while he's judging, though. We know that that's a rule you don't want to break, but I look forward to seeing you there. And again, you can find everything that he has shared with us today on the Car Show website. And Vendra, thank you for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you on the lawn at the Pebble Beach Concours. Thank you so much. Wonderful talking to you. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.